0: Eagles Entertainment. Anything
1: that move, I don't care how do it is. Give me everything you got. Play fast, play hard. Let's beat these boys tonight in their house. It. It's party time. It's party time. Let's go. Touchdown!
0: You are listening to the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast. Now here's your host, Fran Duffy. That's right of the day. We've got a big divisional game to preview as the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast continues. I'm Fran Duffy, and as always, I think we've got a great show for you here on episode number 501. At the top of today's show, we've got Chalk Talk Right Chat with Greg Cosell. As we quickly dive into the tape from the Eagles loss against San Francisco, no getting around it. This was a tough loss on both sides of the football. Uh we're gonna talk a little bit about what we saw on the tape, but really the main focus of this conversation, we're looking forward to this game. Coming up, Sunday Night Football primetime against the Dallas Cowboys. A lot to take on uh, here with this game from a breakdown standpoint on both sides. These are two teams that just met back in Week 9. What, are, what can we take away from that one? What are some of the topics to watch here in this upcoming matchup? We're going to dive into both sides here on the show. Now, before we get there, as always, make sure you head on over to Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating. Leave us a comment. If you've got a question, we'll answer it here on the podcast on the upcoming episode. We've got an episode here coming up later in the week. and I will make sure we will answer any questions that you have hear about this team so go on apple podcast leave us a question in the comment box we will answer it here in the next episode that said let's get to chalk talk down with greg cosell let's get down to business it's time for chalk talk All right, well, back again is my friend Greg Cosell to talk through what we saw from the film from Sunday's loss to the San Francisco 49ers and also take a look to this weekend's huge matchup, Sunday Night Football, against the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, Greg, it was not a uh, not an easy film uh, to get through on either side of the ball. As we said, the Eagles did not play well uh, in this game. It was a really bad loss against a really good team. Uh, and when you have a not great performance against a great team, uh, this is the, the kind of outcome you get. you can expect.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, it's it was, as you said, no one really played well. It was one of those games. You hope to learn from it, but they played a really good team, a team that when they're playing well, the Niners, and we know I think the Niners have scored over 30 points in eight or nine games this year, which is far and away the most in the league. Um, and when they do play well, they win games by a large margin. Um, and they're the s- style of team, particularly offensively, that can make any defense look bad. And, you know, I think that that's the way this particular game played out. And, uh, you know, and then you add in things like missed tackles, you know, things like that. And that just makes it worse.
0: And that's the thing is that things really, I mean, if you go like drive by drive and like the whys behind stuff, I mean... uh... Look, the the Eagles could not get off the field on third down. And it's not one, you know, even going back and watching it this morning, it was not something where it's like, Oh man, like when they played this one coverage, they just ate right. them up. Or, you know, it was it, uh, hey, you know what? There, there's here's a missed tackle, or oh, they should have had they should have had a stop on the goal line, but Josh Sweat was offsides, and instead of it being fourth and two, fourth and four, now it's third right. and two, and then they're able to score a touchdown on the next play. So many different uh, uh different examples of plays like that where it's like, all right, well. If this, then that, and th- those kind of games are kind of hard to kind of wrap your head around, I think on the outside, but it kind of, it kind of is what it is, right? the Eagles just did not play well enough to win this game.
1: And I think you hit on a point that you and I both know the coaching staff's going to work really hard on probably has been, it didn't work this week, but they're going to have to become better on third down on defense. Um, you know, they've reached a point where the last number of games, even going back to the Dallas game that they won, they've not really been able to get off the field and that's just something that is going to have to improve. The pass rush on third down in particular has not been, you know, what what I think we all expected, what it certainly was last year when it was the best third down pass rush in the NFL. So, I mean, there's always, look, as you work through a season, there's ups and downs. And, uh, you know, the Eagles have have won a lot of games uh, where, where we talked about how, how resilient they are, how how tough they are mentally. You know, this was one of those games that after the first two series just got away from them and it just it snowballed
0: yeah Uh, and certainly you know a a lot of plays you can point to where uh you know they schematically uh the the 49ers did what they do uh and you know were able to create some chunk performances or some chunk plays in that performance overall uh and look it's a much different look here what the Eagles are going to face on Sunday, right? You know, Dak Prescott and C.D. Lamb, you know, Tony Pollard, that whole group. But uh, this is an offense that is operating as uh, as high yes. of a clip as anybody in the league right now. The, the, the last month of the year, this Cowboys offense has just been striping the football in the past game. The run game has gotten a little bit of a spark. It's still not where I think they expected coming into right. the year, but this offense is firing right
1: now. Yeah, and I think one area that I certainly didn't expect, I don't know if you did, but certainly based on the last couple of years, that that Dak Prescott has really been good at this year, and the numbers bear it out, but the film tells you as well, is getting outside the pocket and making plays uh, you know, out, off schedule, outside sure. of structure. The last couple of years, he really hasn't been that guy, but this year, he's done that at a really, really high level. Um, You know, he's completing a lot of balls, a a very high completion percentage. He's getting the ball down the field when he's moving outside the pocket. Um, So that's an area that they is, is something that they really have to, I think, game plan for, because as I said, Dak didn't really do that a whole lot the last couple of years.
0: Yeah, especially when you get down to the red zone, you're starting to see him take off and run a little bit more. Yeah. Uh, we saw that for a touchdown in the last couple of games. Um, to me, you know, it's funny because the way I kind of go through my notes, Greg, the last couple of years for, for an opponent, uh, it's all like on, on one sheet, right? And so I'll go look at numbers and I'll put all my film notes in there. And what I'll do is I'll keep all the different tabs all in one document of the same team. So now I can kind of track uh, my notes on the team over the course of the, of the of not just one year, but over multiple seasons. And so looking at my notes from this offense, Back leading into week nine and then looking at my notes on them right now, you could see like the huge jump they've made from a statistical standpoint offensively in a number of ways. And really the, um, you know, in all of like the metrics, whether it's like yards per play, points per game, EPA, like all all that stuff, huge, huge jumps. And then I look into, all right, well, what's the why behind that? What are some of the the schematic things that we're seeing more of? And a couple of things stood out a lot more empty in the last month, a lot more bunch in the last month, a lot more motion in the last month. A lot of the things that we saw from like the Kellen Moore offense, I feel like they're borrowing some of those concepts that we saw from them in previous years, uh, stuff that they weren't necessarily doing as often. And then the other, this was huge, the deep pass attempts, the attempts down the field, they are much more aggressive in the last month, you know, four or five weeks, as opposed to what we saw in the first
1: seven, eight. Uh, And I think that's led to some big plays and Dak Prescott's playing really, really well. And I think that, you know, Cook has become a much bigger factor than he was uh, earlier in the season with those downfield you know, attempts. Yeah. Without question. So he's now become a truly viable weapon. Whereas for the first, oh, six, seven, eight games, um, it didn't seem like he was that much a part of the pass game. It seemed as if it was CD lamb and he was still, a group, you know, having a great year and is a really good receiver, but um uh, but Cooks has become a much bigger part. I think Jake Ferguson has become a much bigger no, no. part of what they do, um, and you know he's caught a ton of seam balls. And and Dak, you know the thing about Dak, he's he's become much more decisive with his reads and his throws. Um, he's willing to you know make some of these tough throws, and because he's throwing with with really good ball location, those throws are are being complete.
0: Yeah the, the I think a lot of the the empty stuff the motion stuff that that's all helping him uh in terms of like being more decisive and then he is right. just I mean, the the accuracy in ball placement. I mean, he puts the ball into a football-sized window over and over. I mean, we saw that right. against Seattle numerous times. Red zone, down the seam, in breaking routes, outside the number fade balls where he's dropping into a bucket. Uh, he, he's feeling it right now uh, as a thrower. And so, uh, to me, one of the big keys for the Eagles in this game. And it's going to be one of the biggest matchups, right? And something you and I talked about the last time these two teams met. That matchup in the trenches between the Dallas offensive line and the yes. Eagles defensive front that's going to make or break the game. I think uh, here this week, it's really going to be one of the big
1: things to watch here in this matchup. I couldn't agree more. And as we said, the Eagles have struggled a bit with their pass rush pressure. You know, they had a stretch where they were rushing the quarterback. Well, and it's last three, four weeks. It's kind of faded. Um, They're going to have to get back to it. I mean, I remember in the week nine game, they couldn't really rush uh, Prescott particularly well. Um, you know, that was a game where Tyron Smith at left tackle played really, really well. Yep. Um, and he's been playing well. Um, so th- their pass rush is going to have to be a factor in this game.
0: Yeah, and you have Tyron Smith at left tackle, Tyler Smith at left guard is playing really well. Zach Martin, yep. uh, you know, the, the two vets at right guard and left tackle are having kind of a a, a yes. vintage str- stretch right now. Uh, and so it makes for some really fun matchups in the trenches. I wrote after that game uh, in week nine, like the Jalen Carter and Tyler Smith matchup, that, the, that could be the, the next Zach Martin-Fletcher Cox matchup we watched in yes, the yep. decade. Uh, and, you know, just watching Fletcher and Zach Martin go at it, Josh Sweat going at it with Tyler Smith or Tyron Smith, it's going to be some a, a lot of fun battles in the trenches. Uh, we talk about Dak Prescott. I think if we're going to talk about this matchup as well, obviously big news here on Monday afternoon, Greg, the Eagles signing Shaq Leonard, uh, the free agent previously from the Colts. Obviously not the player that he was a couple of years ago, right? You know, so I don't think that Eagles fans should expect that an all-pro just walked into the building, that a guy that's going to have that kind of impact, but certainly someone that can help with the depth of this team right now at a position where they certainly need it with the injuries that they've had.
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously you're looking to make your team better, that's the point, but I'm glad you said what you said because I don't want people to think that they're getting Shaq Leonard who's an all-pro, otherwise he'd still be on the Colts. So, you know, obviously they didn't feel that he was good enough to play for them. Um he's a veteran. Um he played in kind of a different system in in uh for the most part in indianapolis so it'll be interesting to see how he acclimates in a short amount of time because a lot of that system for linebackers was kind of a landmark system in terms of zone coverage and that's not exactly how the eagles play um so again i can't speak you can you explain that for our listeners just so that they have a a little little bit of of a better grasp of that sure um in, in the zone coverage concepts that he's played in most of his career um The nature of that is that you drop to a spot. And then once you get to your spot, you kind of read the routes and react. So you're dropping to a spot. That's why they call it a landmark. You're dropping to a specific spot. But the Eagles play more of with Sean Desai, is they play much more of a read, pattern read concept, even in zone, where you're not just dropping to a spot, you're you're trying to get a feel for splits and routes. And then even though it's zone-based, you're still reacting to routes as opposed to dropping to a spot. So just the way it's taught and the way it practically plays out is a little bit different, um, which again, I don't know Shaq Leonard, maybe he picks it up with no problem at all, but it is different from what he's used to in his career.
0: Yeah, that's something that certainly uh, the veteran will be trying to do here over the next few days As we'll see what his role is uh, by the time we get to Sunday night. Having uh, the extra few hours on
1: Sunday even will be
0: pivotal, I would no, imagine, no, uh, no. for Shaq Leonard. And,
1: and from everything I gather, he's a great guy. I mean, I remember as you do, watching him coming out of South Carolina State, yeah. and I loved him. Um, he was a guy, when I did my uh, report on him, I said he'll step right in and be a three-down linebacker as a rookie, even coming out of South Carolina State. And that obviously proved to be the case and he was an all pro for a number of years unfortunately he's had some pretty significant injuries which i'm sure have negatively impacted his ability to move the way he used to move um you know and and we'll see but look th- there's no harm in bringing him in clearly the linebacker position is is an area where they feel they he need help and that's why they signed him
0: yeah. I mean, Nicobe Dean out for the season, it looks like uh, with his Frank yeah. injury, uh, Zach Cunningham, we'll see when he's back. Uh, hopefully it is this week, but uh, that remains to be seen at the, you know, at this point. Uh, so the Eagles right now, you know, you started Nicholas Morrow, Christian Ellis, both guys have flashed over the course of this season. Ellis made some plays just the other night, uh, but ultimately you need more consistent play at that spot. And, and so we'll yeah. see if, uh, if Shaq Leonard is able to offer that, um, Let's look at some of these other players here uh, with this Dallas offense, just how what it means for the matchup. I think Eagles fans now become a little bit more accustomed to CeeDee Lamb, obviously the number one target in this offense. Yeah. But really, Greg, I mean, we're seeing – he is really in the last like two years, he's blossoming
1: one of the best in football. I mean, he is one yeah. of the best pure receivers in the game. I would agree. And I think they're using him now in multiple ways a, a year ago through the early part of his career. Not that he's been in the league for 10 years, but through the first early years in his career, he was – I don't want to say exclusively a slot receiver, but a higher percentage being in the slot. Um, And now they use him both in the slot and outside. uh, I would say probably a somewhat equal amount. Uh, He's also used as a motion receiver and you have to be aware of that. I mean, he caught a touchdown against Seattle last week where he motioned across the formation and that was a critical piece of the play. And he actually ended up outside. um, So he he ended up being the outside receiver on that play, but his, his, The way in which he's used has expanded and he's really, he's embraced that and he's really become a great receiver. Yeah, one of the leaders in the league when it comes to like third down targets, down yeah. targets in motion, targets out of
0: empty. I mean, they are always trying to find ways to be able to funnel him the football. He's got 92 targets this year, Greg. The next highest targeted receiver on that offense is Ferguson. He's got 47. So we're talking like almost double. Yeah. And it, as we get later in the season, to have that kind of ratio is even more impressive. Uh, just you know, it kind of speaks to what he means to that offense and to that pass game, moving him all around. Uh, that allows him to the you know that ability to be the primary target in a number of. different different concepts that they run. Uh, they designed things just for him in the screen game, downfield shot game over the middle, red zone, all the different areas of the field. So uh, I think when you're looking at CD lamb, certainly he's a guy you have to account for did not reach the end zone. The last time these two teams met back in week nine, but uh, he had 11 catches for 191 yards, uh, did a lot of work in the middle of the field in that game. Now, remember when the Eagles played the Cowboys back in week nine, uh, Bradley Roby Roby was still on injured reserve at Great. that point was still not playing. Uh, so, you know, they were still trying to figure out things in the middle of the field, so now with Robbie or with Roby kind of entrenched there in the middle, uh, I'm interested to see like what the what that matchup is, what the plan is for CD Lamb. Uh, my guess is we'll start to see some of the things that you know design coverage to try and take away CD Lamb in this past game.
1: Well, that was the first game, by the way, uh, which was Week Nine, in which Slay. Moved from his left corner spot, which he had played pretty much exclusively up to that point with Bradbury at right corner. That was the first game in which Slay started to move around. It was really the first time since week two when he faced Justin Jefferson, and the Eagles wanted him to match up to Justin Jefferson. So in that game against the Cowboys, he played 33 snaps at his usual left corner position, but he played 28 snaps at right corner, and that matched up to Lamb at times. So my guess is you'll see some of that. I think you'll see some brackets, depending on where Lamb lines up, which you saw in the last game as well. Um, Certainly when he's inside, you might see that, depending on down and distance and field location. So Lamb is certainly the guy that... um, you know, that they'll have to take care of. Uh, I don't know your feeling, but I've been really impressed with, with Ferguson, the tight end. He's made some big time catches. You know, you mentioned yeah. a lot of seam
0: throws. They they throw a lot of sail routes to him, a lot of deep corner routes to him. Yep. Uh, those are some of Dak Prescott's best balls uh, that he throws. Uh, and for, he, he definitely shows some trust in Jake Ferguson, the second year guy out of Wisconsin.
1: Yeah. And I think, you know, you mentioned the seam balls. He certainly has enough speed. You know, you don't think of him the way you might think of the Kelsey's, or or the Mark Andrews, Um, but I think that he's got enough to him that he is a three-level dimension, and he can certainly run the vertical seam. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, What did you think, the the
0: usage with Darius Slay, you mentioned just how they've moved him from side to side. Uh, It seemed like in this game that he did a lot of shadowing. uh, Brandon Ayuk uh, on Sunday, uh, kind of traveling with him to his side, with James Bradbury being across from Debo Samuel, although uh, most of Samuel's catches did not come against Bradbury just because of all the different motions and uses there.
1: Yeah, Brad, yeah. Uh, Slay was. It seemed as if it was Ayuk. You know, it wasn't hundred percent, but it seemed as right, if that was. Yep. Yeah. So I'm, I'll be real curious to see what they do in this game. I mean, they've clearly, you know, they, they're telling us that they they want Slay to be the guy who matches up. That Bradbury is, is is that he's not really at this point in his career. They don't re- feel real comfortable with him matching up to the opponent's best receiver. So that's why they made the change. Which kind of which, as we said, we started week nine. Yeah. Again, just looking at this, this uh, Dallas
0: offense since week nine, they're averaging 42 points a game. Uh, The offensive line playing extremely well. Dak Prescott, 16 touchdowns, one pick in the last five games. And so uh, this offense, it's going to be a tough test here for Darius Slay, for that defensive line, uh, this entire Eagles defense. Let's go over to the other side of the ball here, Greg. Uh, I guess real quickly touching on Sunday's loss to San Francisco. You know, Jalen Hurts just did not play well. The run game could not get going. Uh, It was, uh, it was
1: tough sledding for most of the afternoon. Uh, it sure was. I mean, it was, it was a tough go. I mean, they, they really couldn't get the, you know, they had the big pass play on first da- on uh, the first possession to Brown on the first third down of the game. But for the most part, uh, this would, this was a tough go offensively. The, they obviously felt they could throw the football, um, which you know when you look at the secondary I mean I think Ward's a really good corner but I think they clearly felt they they could throw the ball against this this uh, 49er defense and it just didn't work out that way so therefore they were pass heavy um and uh you know it it just it was one of those days it didn't you know I don't think Jalen looked overly comfortable in this game.
0: Yeah, you know, you know, with that front, I thought that the offensive line did a pretty good job in terms of holding up in protection. More often than not, obviously, there were some pressures mixed in there. Uh, Jalen ended up being sacked about two or three times in the game. One of them, he, he fell down, uh, just took a bad step uh, oh, yeah, as yeah, he was back yeah. there in the pocket. Um, but you know, I think overall, uh, the offensive line held up well. But I agree, just it, it, the rhythm just was not there uh, with this pass game on Sunday. And the run game, uh, again, I mean, the, the running backs average under two and a half yards of carry on the afternoon. I mean, going up against this this Dallas defense, especially a team that likes to play in sub package as much as they do, you, the, the, I think the Eagles really need that run game uh, to be able to operate. Even, even if it's not from a volume standpoint, just from an efficiency standpoint, you want you know uh, DeAndre Swift and Boston Scott, Kenny Gainwell, they should be up in like the, the at least like the low fours, like the high threes, in a yard per carry basis. Going under two two and a half, uh, that's that's tough. It's tough to be able to win a game that way.
1: Yeah, well, the question is, you know, will they attempt to run it with volume? Obviously, they did not do that against the 49ers because, you know, as I said, I think they believed they could throw the football. Um, But, you know, I think, you know, I think when you play a team like the like the Cowboys that moves people around a lot, that has great speed up front, um, I think you have to make them sort of dig in and play physically to some degree. Now that doesn't mean you're going to run the ball 40 times, but I I don't think you can just make this game a throw ball game. Yeah. uh, And it will be interesting just because especially, you know, Dallas, the way that they
0: play, I mean, with that pass rush and an opportunistic back end, I mean, we, we could talk about Daron Bland and what he's done uh, so far. Defensive player of the year candidate uh, in terms of the, he was defense player of the month in November. But with what he's done from a ball production standpoint, certainly impressive. Uh, but you have Parsons up front. We know about that pass rush to Marcus Lawrence. I think also Diggy has really taken a step this year. He's been really, really disruptive for them on the inside. So you got to deal with that pass rush. One good way to deal with it certainly is with the run game.
1: Yeah, Um, the other point, you know, you mentioned Bland, who's obviously made a lot of big plays. He broke the record for uh, interception return touchdowns. But, you know, when you watch the tape like you and I do, he gets beat a lot, too. And yep. they play a lot of man coverage. And that might just be a function of man coverage. Be- yep, Yeah, yep. guys get beat playing man coverage. It's the NFL. There's a lot of good receivers, too. Um, and we know that in the week nine matchup that they had a stutter go with Devonta Smith and he beat him for a touchdown on on a beautiful throw by Jalen Hurts. I would expect them to go after Deron Bland in this game. Now he's really good in certain areas where he's really good is planting and driving on throws in front of him. That's the yep. strength of his game, but he struggles a bit when, um, you know, on in- more intermediate routes and deeper routes. And I think that's how you have to attack him. And I think they will. Yeah. I think when you look at, you know, it's actually a perfect fit, honestly, for what the way that
0: Dallas wants to play, because you are talking about a defense that once again, leads the league in pressure percentage. They lead the league in QB hurry percentage. They get to the quarterback fast. You know, they get there and they get there fast. Uh, And so the ball, you would think, is going to come out fast. And so when you have a corner like Trayvon Diggs or, uh, as we're seeing now with Deron Bland, who could sit back and off coverage, read routes, flat foot read, and drive on the football and then make a play and finish, that's where, you know, that's where you can yeah, get that's, five that's that's where you can get eight interceptions.
1: Yeah. That's his game. And he's really, really good at it. And yeah. you're, you know, you make a great point. The connection between pass rush and the way in which he plays at his best, you know, as you said, flat foot plant and drive, that's his game. Yep. Uh, it's going to be big to watch. Uh, the
0: Seahawks uh, last Thursday night, they were not bashful about going after Daron Bland. You know, DK Metcalf no. was able to get, get him a couple times. Uh, then they made an adjustment. At, 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 I believe it was at halftime, coming out of the third quarter. Uh, they they put Gilmore on about. Metcalf and they took yeah, Bland off. Was like, they were like, "All right, enough of this. We're gonna, we're gonna yeah, travel No, with and, and I,
1: I noticed that right away. And, and by the way, that's why I mentioned it. Bland's he gets beat. I mean, you know, you can't shy away from him. Um, you can't say, oh, he intercepts a lot of balls. Yes, he does. But he intercepts certain kinds of balls, um, and, and yep. that's where he's really good. But you can go after him, and I think you have to go after him.
0: Yeah, it will be uh, fascinating to see what the game plan is on their end of it if they decide, hey, you know what, we're going to put, uh, you know, Stephon Gilmore on A.J. Brown, and we're going to put with Bland on Devontae or – Go the opposite. I, I mean, that's that's going to be interesting to see if they uh, th- how they want to try and handle that, uh, just because of how Seattle uh, was able to go after Deron Bland and, oh, and yeah. others as well, as you mentioned. Um, so that will be big to watch here. Uh, the matchup, obviously Parsons. Uh, that that's a, a big one to handle. It used to be that okay, that's just going to that's going to be Elaine Johnson, Michael Parsons
1: matchup, but no, not uh, anymore. We, we
0: have seen that they, they move him all around.
1: Yeah, yeah, and then and they do that with their entire D line. I mean, it's obviously Parsons. You know, one can debate who's the best pass rusher in the NFL. But I don't think, to me, there's any question that he's the most sudden and the twitchiest. You know, we can sit here and debate Miles Garrett, T.J. Watt, whoever you want to put in the, the conversation. But but Parsons, he he is so sudden in his movement. They they like to get matchups with him. They want him on guards and centers because they really, for the most part, they they can't really handle him one on one the way in an ideal world and we've seen you know in the game in week 9 they were able to get him matched up on Tyler Steen a number
0: of times remember Tyler Steen got the start in that game yeah. Cam Jergens was still an injured reserve and so uh this week i mean i would imagine they're going to try and test Cam Jergens right they're, i mean they're going to well. use uh, they're going to use Michael Parsons in that way and try and move him around uh whether it is Jergens or Milata or, or Dickerson they're going to they're going to try and find the weak spot uh in pass protection along the offensive line uh so certainly something to watch
1: there the, All the, different- the the Eagles you and I are speaking on a monday night um I, I it's very possible that Dallas Goddard could go this week. Yes. Just from what I'm hearing, I mean, we don't know that yet, you know, and it won't be announced. I'm sure, you know, until they practice and all that. Yep. But I think that he could be a really important factor in this game if he can go, uh, you know, because I think that, you know, the tight end, I think they've been missing that these last number of games and, and just cause Hey, Goddard's a top five tight end in the league. And, and when you lose that kind of player, it, it impacts your offense. Yeah. And it, all the different
0: ways that he can impact, whether it's yeah. the run game or in the RPO game, he's been such a reliable player. You know, Jalen hurts, certainly trust Uh, You know, when you get into those intermediate throws, those sale routes, those over routes, yeah. uh, that that's an area where, you know, uh, when you, you certainly miss uh, Dallas Goddard in that area of the field. Uh, and that will be big here against this defense. And he always, it, it always seems like Dallas Goddard has a good game against the Dallas Cowboys. And yeah. so uh, not, I'm sure not a, uh, he, that's not lost on him as he's trying oh, to get, you get, it
1: you get it, And it's a good matchup. You get, predominantly uh, J. Run curse, but you also get Donovan Wilson on, you know, playing the tight end as well. So it'll be one of the two, you know, mostly curse uh, is their tight end matchup. Um, If they decide to go, uh, you know, sometimes if they play occasionally, they'll play two man or one robber and it might be a linebacker, but um, you know, bell is kind of a hybrid safety linebacker who's done very well, very well for them. Uh, But if, if Dallas Goddard can go, I think that would be really important.
0: Yeah. And the, uh, you know, just again, because kind of talking about the San Francisco game, look, it's just one of those games, you know, I think for a lot of Eagles fans out there, you're really kind of in in one of two sides, right? It's like, all right, like, uh, is this just a kind of a drop in the bucket? It's a, a bad game, bad performance, you know, flush it and move on. Or is it a sign of something more? Is this a team that, you know, is more flawed than we maybe gave it credit for? I tended to lean more in that first group right and I think that ultimately uh that's where you and I probably both stand right is that uh look that, that was a bad game and again you know, game. at the top it was a bad game against a great team uh and you're, you're going to have a a, a wide, wide margin of victory there uh when those kind of things happen but, but I will say team- this
1: and you know how coaches work you know they're going to work hard to figure out why it was a bad game and correct yeah. what they think needs to be corrected. Yeah. Um, we don't know the answer to the question, you know, as to where the future is going right now, but it would, I would be hard pressed to believe that a team that is 10 and one, all of a sudden is a bad team. I mean, yeah. that, that, that would be a hard, especially since this same team was in a Super Bowl a year ago. Now, obviously there's a few different parts. Every team changes from year to year to some degree, but you'd be hard pressed to think that all of a sudden the Eagles are a bad football team. Yeah, it's been over two years, uh, Greg, since they lost
0: two games in a row. I got to go yeah, back to I October mean- of twenty-one. Uh, you know, since they've had, been on a losing streak, and so uh, they will be working hard, obviously, to prevent that from happening. That does mean that they will have to sweep the Cowboys, which uh, you know, as the uh, as the saying goes, it is hard to beat a, a team a good team twice a, in, in Dallas.
1: And um, you know, Cowboys have been playing really, really good football of late. I mean, yes. you know, I know in Philly, people love to hate Dak Prescott, and that's the way it should be. That's the that's what fans are. But, you know, you can't dispute the fact that he has played really high-level football now for a good six, seven weeks. It's it's something because when I wa- first watched
0: their offense preparing for the first game, and I started back in week one and worked my way forward uh, just because we were at that point in the year where I could do that, you know, I thought the offense was disjointed. Uh, I thought that yeah. you, you had the guys not on the same page. Uh, and I was like, oh, man, like th- this offense is ripe for the picking. The Eagles, And as, I think it was the week before – That outing was like, all right, like now they're they're starting to turn the corner a little bit, and you know from that point on, and this this offense is humming, and so uh, no, it's it's going to be a big test. And they've also won 14 straight at home. That's a tough place
1: to play. Uh, It's it's going to be a tough game uh, Sunday night for sure. No, no question. National TV audience, I'm looking forward to it, and um, you know, and then I guess the following week they got flexed to Monday Night Football, huh?
0: Yeah, so we'll, uh, we'll we'll be here talking about Eagles-Seahawks that Tuesday night. Uh made a nice, yeah. nice short recourse there. Uh there, so we'll have to adjust. But uh, Greg, once again, thanks so much for joining us here on the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast. Next Monday night, you and I will be talking about Eagles-Cowboys. Uh, we'll see. Hopefully it's an Eagles victory uh, for the guys in green. Thanks so much for joining us, and we'll talk to you next week. Thanks, Fran. Great stuff there from Greg. Thanks to him and thanks to all of you out there for your continued support of this show and all the rest of our X's and O's content here with Eagles Entertainment. That being said, I think that'll do it. Another show in the books here on the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast. For everybody here at the Novocare Complex, I am Fran Duffy. We will talk to you later this week.